City of Heroes Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome to the City of Heroes Podcast, a resource for the casual Heroes gamer. My name is Chooch, and I'm here to explain basic and intermediate features of COH, as well as giving tips and answering your questions about this great MMO. Welcome to another edition of the City of Heroes podcast. This is Chooch, and again we have the lovely Viv in the studio. Hey everybody. To bring us more City of Heroes news. Okay, I have one quick correction from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Where, at the end of the last episode, I was mentioned that we were going to do a quick highlight of the various factions in the game, a new segment, and I'd mentioned that the council was previously known as Sixth Column. <laughs> of course, they were previously known as the fifth column. Yes, yes, they were. That was my bad. Well, we're off to a, a beautiful start on discussing <laughs> factions, because if we're going to mispronounce the name or misspeak the name, mm-hmm. it's just going to happen. Not true. It'll be okay. Everybody else was already going, sixth column, you idiot, it's fifth <laughs> column. You were already corrected. You just didn't know it yet. Yeah. Not until I said, it's fifth column, you idiot. <laughs> what do you mean? Very true. Yeah. So, but since it's always been council in our lifetime of playing, it's a simple mistake. We've heard of the fifth column talk, but Mm -hmm. we never really paid much attention to it because it was before our time. Yeah. So, no biggie. And we will go into that when it's their week, but this week is not their week. No. They are not our favorite children this week. But we will go into their history Mm -hmm. and why they had a name change. (gasps) For now, we'll talk about news. Okay. What's going on in the City of Heroes, City of Villains development universe? Well, I spent a lot of time feeling like I was getting to know some of the um, the red names in the forums, the, the you know, the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of posts from Lighthouse and Castle. I mm-hmm. actually was researching Castle quite a bit and Back Alley Brawler. Their different posts kind of fed into things that I started Kind of touching on last week, but I had to do a lot more research. So, mm-hmm. of course, you probably know if you've logged into the game recently on the front page that they've announced the date for the Prestige Bump and the Debt Wipe. Both things will occur on December 10th. So, and one important thing to note is that that will happen on the morning of December 10th mm-hmm. when they run the maintenance. Right. So for those of you that are planning on really getting out there and playing and getting a lot of debt just to get debt and see what the cap is or whatever, <laughs> make sure you do that before they run yes. the morning maintenance because otherwise you're just going to have debt. So, Pull on so, all night around the ninth. That's right. Do your creative have face fun. plants. It's a Monday, so just spend the weekend playing. <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> Jumping off buildings and you know landing at the feet of a giant monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's, Take that level 20 to the Shadow Shard. <laughs> oh, wait, it's got to be level, level 40. 40? You have to be 40 to get into Shadow oh, Shard. 30-something. Noob. Right. <laughs> See, that is the appropriate use of the term noob. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly derogatory. <laughs> nice. So, um, that's also when the supergroup um, prestige bump will occur. So, um, of course, we... Kind of we're hoping, if, if you're like us, we had been hoping that um, I-11 would launch really soon. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely happening before December 10th. Right. The number that is, the date that is being, you know, talked about on the forums, there are a lot of people guessing that it's going to be November 27th. Nothing has been confirmed. We won't know until we log in and it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think they ever give a lot of lead time. Right. Um, so, you know, it'll just be a kind of a surprise thing. Maybe we'll have a little bit of leeway, but as of right now, all we know is that it'll happen before December 10th. Well, I said it'll probably be after Thanksgiving. Yeah, but after th- poss- most likely after Thanksgiving. That was what I had found before. So after Thanksgiving before December 10th. I'm hoping, hoping and it'll be Turkey Day weekend and we can just all be fat and roll around with leftovers <laughs> and 
There you go. So let's see. What else is there? For those that have super groups, or I guess the villain side groups on the test server, um, it does look as if they will be running the script on the debt wipe and prestige grant on the training room. Um, for the beta on the beta version of issue I eleven, it'll be sometime before December tenth to test it out. So yes, you should see it on the um, training room as well. And as soon as there's a date, they'll let you know. So you know what? Load up your your uh, test server side SGs as well, Great. especially if you don't have any of the holdover super terrific money that they gave a long, long time ago to super groups that thirty six million prestige that you used to get for building one, oh, that's right. so that you could really get in there and play yeah. with base design. Well, that's long gone. So, um, anyways, that'll be a nice bump for everybody there. And my first time coming across Castle, who on the forums describes himself as the powers guy, mm-hmm. was discussing um, what our conversation about the echoes. Right. When you go back through the um, the time travel. Right, and getting a temp power. Getting a temp power, getting it um, after you've already had it. Right. And there was talk about it being called an echo because it's not as strong as the first time you got mm-hmm. it. So um, someone had a question. I don't remember who. I don't have the name of the person that asked the question. And again, this is all taken off of forums. If it's not in a red name, I don't really pay too terribly much mm-hmm. attention to it. I really care about the red names. So um, the question was echoes, huh? Interesting. What's the difference in the original Warwolf whistle, which you get on the Striga chain, mm-hmm. um, the Warwolf whistle and the Echo version. And the answer from Castle was that instead of being summoned five times, it can be summoned twice, mm-hmm. and it has a shorter duration, but otherwise the same. Okay, so they'll still have the same attacks and the same damage output. Yeah. And I'm guessing that the other ones will be like that as well. Again, I did not see a red name posting a list of the powers. So I don't have a list that I feel comfortable with reading other than, yes, Wedding Band, yes, Warwolf Whistle. Mm-hmm. Those, to me, are confirmed because Red Names have commented on those. Right. Um, we have one, we have an update on another issue when we had talked about the respec um, recipes that we're going to be dropping with I-11, mm-hmm. allowing people to run basically unlimited respecs as they need to. Right. Um, that respec recipes and the very rare recipes are going to remain in the pool A reward drop schedule, which basically means everyone will have a shot at them because pool A includes, quote, all enemies, which means any foe can drop it except for giant monsters. Giant monsters apparently don't ever drop recipes. Mm -hmm. I never Hmm. noticed that, but then I don't usually pay attention when stuff's dropping what it was that dropped it. I'm not a number cruncher or really super analytical kind of a player. I just kind of go out there and have fun and (laughs) (laughs) see what happens later. And so by defeating any foe, whether it's a minion or a boss, they can award a recipe from the pool A for that level of the foe. So if you're out there fighting on your level 50 in a level 10 zone, you're not going to get a recipe. It has to be for stuff that's in your level range. If you're right. exempt down to that level 10 zone, then yes, you get a drop. So but it will be, be that level. They have to be green, blue, <laughs> yellow, orange, red, purple. Right. All they the colors that I never bothered to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. I keep trying to move this like it's an Apple pad, but it's not. Um, oh, and the comment, um, the, the statement about um, unlocking both sides of City of Hill, um, City of Heroes, mm-hmm. um, for people that had COV and opening COV for people that had COH. That was a one-time thing. If you make a new account, this is from I believe it was Lighthouse posted this, but that was one time. So if you go out and get a new retail version, that's it. It's too bad you should have already had your account activated. So that's wow. that seems to have some finality to it. Mm-hmm. Seems to be about it for the news this week. I think that was enough though, to hold us over. Yeah, that was that was what I found to be the most interesting. So. <laughs> now our new little segment of COH factions. Get to know the bad guys. That's right. It's <laughs> their time to shine. This week, we're going to highlight the Circle of Thorns. 
I figured we'll start with something that's lower range, right. but not so low that everybody already knows everything about yeah. it. Yeah. Plus, a lot of the lower ones, the outcasts and skulls, eh, not too much depth there. They, They're basically I'm street sure games. that we're going to offend those different factions by saying that they seem to be very, very similar, other oh. than their gang colors. Well, <laughs> come and get me. <laughs> But I've often found that the Circle of Thorns are pretty fascinating and have a lot of interesting uniqueness I'd about agree. them and their missions. And not unique in a gross way like the Vazalox, but yeah. <laughs> unique in kind of a, ooh, what a pretty aura. What's that glowing crystal over yeah. there kind of a way? So a little background, the Circle of Thorns, they're a, I made up a word, Lovecraftian, ooh. Ooh, Lovecraftian. type occult. And according to the City of Heroes, the, the mythos, the history... A cult founded in the 1890s by Baron Zoria. The circle was fully formed on the winter solstice of 1898, as Zoria and each of his followers took a strange thorn from the lost city of Orambagan. <laughs> Sound it out. <laughs> yeah. And simultaneously drove them into their chests. The thorns sealed in their hearts, imbued each member with unique magical powers. Nice. That is extreme paraphrasing there is a lot of detail actually on the official coh site yeah where they go in depth on all the various factions that's really interesting i didn't real realize that there were actual thorns embedded in mm-hmm. them cool the circle of thorns or as we always say cot's are almost entirely ranged and mostly of a magical nature mm-hmm. there are a few of the minions that have uh, traditional or con- conventional weapons including crossbows, throwing daggers, swords, and scimitars. Mm -hmm. The main types of Circle of Thorns are the Thorn Casters, which are minions and they are elemental types. So some are air, earth, fire, ice. They're blastery, Mm -hmm. with blastery powers appropriate to each of those types. The Lieutenants are the various mages, and they have many debuffing attacks that come in the form of energy, force field, toxic, and darkness. And then there are mages that are bosses, and they're controllers. And they have some offensive attacks, but they're primarily controllers. So mm. there's the agony mage that has gravity powers, the death mage has dark powers, madness mage has mind powers, and the ruin mage has stone powers. And they are just painful. Yeah, those are absolutely painful. Mean bosses. Mm-hmm. They have some mean holds and some uh, some pretty bad uh, DOTs, damage mm-hmm. over time. Horrible. And then there are the spectral demons that hover around. They have dark powers like gloom and siphon life. They're, and those are the big white things that mm-hmm. are flight that have the wings. Right. There's a few that are I th- spectral demons, specters. Mm-hmm. Some are minions. Some are lieutenants. Right. And then there are the behemoths, which are these big, giant demon guys, and they are fire blasters. Boy, howdy. And they're mean. Yeah. (laughs) Some highlights that that I enjoyed in the Circle of Thorns, a lot of their maps, they're all arcane maps. They're beautiful maps. Yeah. And which, if you've uh, done any kind of base design, you know, primarily the technology are arcane. So a lot of that will look familiar. One of the annoyances is mostly their caves, which get really twisty and difficult to move around in quickly. But they have lots of different portals that will take you to different parts of the maps. Right. Some of the maps are really big. Yeah. And within those maps, there are buffing or damaging crystals, which are these big crystal structures that stick out of the ground and you can see an aura kind of coming out from them. And they'll, they have colors that are consistent with the rest of the game. So there'll be green crystals with a green aura that heal you as you stand near them. There's vitality crystals that uh, bring back your endurance. They're blue. Mm-hmm. And there are red pain crystals that tick damage over time uh, for however long you stand next to them. And they're low value. It's like a minus one, minus two kind mm-hmm. of a tick. But the longer you stand, the more damage. Yeah. But it'd be nice to, to stand in the aura of a blue one and blast the circle of thorns as we've done keep your endurance (laughs) coming up absolutely another unique aspect are the magical barriers there are certain maps that as you're fighting if you go down you will be teleported into 
a little crystalline prison with a magical barrier. So you see the door, you attack the door, and it doesn't do anything. You cannot, it has a teleport dampening, Mm -hmm. so you can't teleport out of it. Nobody can teleport recall friend on you. Right. And it takes a whole bunch of your friends to attack it to destroy the barrier and free you. Right. And there's an, it's invariably in the middle of a big room with the rope path, the rope Mm -hmm. walkways. I don't know what they're. Rope bridges. Rope bridges. And on those rope bridges are masses of bad guys. And um, I have had the great fortune of getting (laughs) trapped in those a time or two on my defender. And there's nothing slower than trying to chip away with little tiny electric blast powers <laughs> that I don't have slotted for damage or anything like that. Because I always was, you know, imp imp mm-hmm. focused. And um, it would take forever. And then somebody would actually have to come and get me out because so you, I could not free myself. Usually your team will have to try and finish the mission or at least clear a portion of that room and right. beat on the barrier for a while until yeah. you're freed. Now, one thing that I would add about the... Um, Circle of Thorn maps is that, for one thing, the portals, I I don't know what the breakout is, Mm. but in some maps, everybody will go through the portal and they'll end up right there together. Mm -hmm. And on some maps, it'll it'll shoot you off to different zones, to different areas of the maps. Some portals are random. Right. So you can go in and be fine, and then you turn around, you're the only one there, and Mm -hmm. everybody else is on the other side of the map, and somebody's invariably being attacked. So that is something you want to... Make sure your team comes with you through your portal so that you're all grouped together before you take on the next group. It's kind of bad to assume that they're going to be popping up behind you any second, because sometimes they aren't. Yeah. And the other thing that I would just recommend is to, once you've defeated everybody on the map, take a look around, because it seems that there is a lot of really neat, witchy, you know, magic-y stuff that Mm -hmm. you can't see anywhere else in the game. Some of the details that they've put in are just fascinating. So I'm one of those little fools going around going, oh, yeah. look at this. Look now at and then you'll find little hidden caverns yeah. with a shaft of light shooting down yeah. and really strange little eye-shaped stained glass mm-hmm. crystal-y window things. With and spinny, hologrammy looking things around them. Whatever mm-hmm. those fancy terms are, we like them. <laughs> and we appreciate the work that went into making it all look so nice. It's a fun faction, and, and you don't have to wait too long before you start seeing them. Yeah, hollows. Mm-hmm. You see them on the on the well, not the streets, but in the landscape areas of Hollows. You mm-hmm. see all of the crystals and all that stuff. So yeah, and Circle of Thorns is definitely a nice break from all of the gangs. You know, you've got the Vasilox, right? And then all of the the skulls, warriors, all of those look so much alike that Circle of Thorns is like one of the first real departures to get of something really unique that isn't you know flesh hanging off of a body with a safety pin holding it on. Right. That just doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> I could have done without Vezalo. The main topic this week is powers. And what are powers? Well, you're a superhero. What makes you super? Superpowers. Of course, there are many, many, many different types of powers within the game, starting with what I'm going to call the origin powers. Okay. Based on which origin you pick, those are the little gray powers that you use when you're level one, two, three, because you don't hardly have any other. Right. Things like the trank dart. Mutagen for muties. Mm-hmm. Throwing knives for natural. Um, some taser of them. Taser dart. Look out for that taser dart. For techies. Some of them, it seems like one's always kind of a hold and one's kind of a damage. And they used to take them away at level 10 because nobody ever really used them after level 10. I didn't know that. When we first started, I remember they they disappeared. And then one of the issue launched and they made them permanent. Okay, I remember. That was a while ago. Though I pretty much never use them after. Well, I know that on my Magic Girls, Mm -hmm. I... Still use Apprentice Charm because it has a nice debuff on it. Mm. That has um, Mutagen has an okay hold in my mm-hmm. opinion, but the Apprentice Charm is my favorite of those. Okay, that's not exactly true. I split mine between Tech and Magic because right. the Taser Dart's a nice hold, mm-hmm. but the Apprentice Charm is a nice debuff. It lets you get some more damage in on them. Gotcha. Another type is Inherent Powers, which I'm going to talk about a little later on, but. These are based on your archetype, so they're not available for every archetype, 
An example of an inherent power are Defiance for Blasters, and uh, there's a bonus controllers get when uh, the foes they're fighting are controlled. Right. The next type are the Trained Power Sets, and these are your primary and secondary powers. So, for instance, a blaster can choose from fire or ice or... Electricity. Electricity or energy. Those are the powers, and those are the ones that you train up on even levels at least for the first big span of the game. Exactly. Once you reach level six, you open the power pools. (laughs) You dive into a new pool. Yes. And these are roughly divided into two different types. The travel pools, which include flight, leaping, speed, super speed, and teleportation, which are the primary travel powers in the game. Some of them also include other buffs or utilities, like the uh, speed pool has hasten, which will... Make all of your powers recharge faster. It's tasty. And teleportation, while you can later travel yourself, move yourself with it, mm-hmm. it has a thing that healers really love, which is recall, recall friend. Recall friend, right. absolutely. And then there are the utility pools, which are concealment, fighting, fitness, leadership, medicine, and presence. These don't include any kind of travel powers, but they have very useful, some include attacks, some mm-hmm. are buffs, some are heals. Um, it's a really good mix of all sorts of stuff. Right, and, whatever your and, need is. Through your career and various tunes, I'm sure you'll play with just about all of them. Mm -hmm. Some of the powers within the power pools have prerequisites. Mm -hmm. For instance, at level six, you can take hover or you can choose to take it later. The first Mm -hmm. time that you'll get flight, the fly power Mm -hmm. available to you is at level 14. You can't skip everything in flight and then just take it fly at level 14. Because You have to take one other power before that. Right. It has a prerequisite of one right. of the previous powers. One of, either one, and it's either hover or air superiority. It's mm-hmm. your choice. But you have to take one before you can get the ability to, to take fly at right. 14, or if you take it later because you got the jetpack. And then further down, you can get group fly, right. which requires that you have both either hover or air superiority and flight. Right. When you reach the higher levels, you go into ancillary pools, <laughs> uh, sometimes referred to as the epic pools. Mm-hmm. Each of these pools contain four powers, which become available at levels 41, 44, and 47. And the ancillary pools, like the power pools, also have prerequisites. Within the ancillary pools, they mostly mirror the existing power sets. Right. So there's a, a fire pool and an ice pool and a mind pool. Right. Some of them are unique powers but most of them are duplicates or slight variations. Right. And and so there's, for instance, my electric empathy or my empathy electric defender. When I first unlocked Ancillary, I went for the, um, the power mastery because mm-hmm. that had in particular a power that would buff my buffs. It would make mm-hmm. them super powered. And recently I switched to electricity. So you don't have to stick with whatever your primary was. Right. It's just wide open. You have these... Four new pools open to you, and once you pick one, you have to stay within that mastery. Mm -hmm. So once I picked electricity, I had to stick with it. I couldn't then get the second ancillary power from, you know, dark mastery. You have to stay within that. Unless uh, later on you do a respect, then you can totally change up which pools you're picking from. Right, but still only one ancillary Mm -hmm. pool that you can choose from. My 50 fire devices blaster, I decided to go the role play side and make him stay pure fire. Right. Other types of powers are temporary powers, which you get in a various number of ways. I'm going to hold off on discussing that till a little later. There are veteran rewards, mm-hmm. which are rewards for for pain for your account. <laughs> for a certain amount of time. <laughs> Basically, every three-month interval has a different type of vet reward. Not all of them are powers. Some of them are costume rewards. Uh, many of them have respects associated mm-hmm. Um Base items. Base items. Mm-hmm. Free costume changes, but then also when actual that, costume pieces. Right, like unlocking the samurai costume set, you also get a mm-hmm. costume token. And if you unlock a power or something like that, then I think you typically get a respect token. Right. But some of them are special powers, and I believe all of those special powers are temp powers found throughout the game that you can earn through missions or various other ways but when you receive it as a veteran reward it's permanent Mm -hmm. so it's no longer a temp power you always have it right and it's typically a choice like the first one 
that we already unlocked mm-hmm. was either the um, Undead Slaying Axe or Sands of Mew. Mm-hmm. And once you choose that temp power, or I'm sorry, that veteran reward power for that character, that's it. That's not something you can respec. Right. So make your choice very carefully. Mm-hmm. The next type of power is uh, the Crafted Powers, which is kind of a crossover with Inspirations in a way. Um, I'm going to go into those a little later, too, but you actually create those. Actually, there's two types of Crafted Powers, some you can make in your base, from Normal Salvage and Summer Invention. Right. Ten Powers. And then powers associated with Accolades. Mm-hmm. And Accolades, you receive for doing certain tasks... Um, basically for getting specific badges. Um, some are exploration badges, some are defeat of certain baddie badges, some are mission badges. And when you get certain combinations of those, you receive an accolade, and many accolades have a power. Some are active powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, most are always-on powers. So one of the first ones you get, the Alice Medallion. Mm, that's a tasty one. Is... A 5% endurance. 5% endurance jump. Mm-hmm. Now, endurance in the game is everybody gets 100 endurance points. Yep. Period. That's it. Doesn't matter what archetype you are. Doesn't matter what origin you are. What level you are. Doesn't matter what level you are. Mm-hmm. You always get 100. So to have a 5% boost gives you 105. Now, of course, in the game, you get you have many different ways that you recover endurance mm-hmm. at faster rates. Right. But you're always capped at that 100. Right. So 105 is really great. And actually, through accolades throughout the game, you can get a total of a 25% bump. So you can right. get 125 endurance. And that makes a huge difference when you're up against a Navy Archvillain, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, all powers in the game have some type of power effect. And what I mean by effect, some powers can only affect team members. So... They cannot affect, these are generally buffs. Right. Or, for instance, invisibility. You can only cast it on a team member. You can't cast it on another hero that happens to be wandering around. And, of course, you can't cast it on enemies. <laughs> Some only have a self-effect. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the uh, mind controller, personal force field can only affect themselves. Medicine pool aid self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some have a melee effect, which means... They you have to be within touch range. Uh, similarly, some are ranged only. It's pretty self-explanatory. Some are toggle effects, which means they stay on when you activate them until you deactivate them. Right. So usually a lot of the armors in the game mm-hmm. are toggle-based. A lot of AoE's area of effect are toggle-based. The travel powers, other than teleportation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There are single-target which means you happen to have a, a friend or foe targeted, and then you perform that power, and that affects them. And then there are the area of effect, and there are multiple types of area of effect. There's point-blank AoE, which means it goes out from your body, and anybody near you will get the effect. So this is like Recovery Aura, which mm-hmm. is a good, an excellent buff, or Mud Pots on a Tinker. Right. It's a point-blank AoE. And then there are targeted AoEs, some targeted AoEs actually anchor on a selected bad guy, mm-hmm. and some you target, click target on the ground. So for the mob-targeted, transfusion would be considered um, a mob-targeted AoE. Exactly. Okay. And the dark heal would be considered a point-blank AoE because that's fired off of yourself. That's the heal point-blank, right. Okay. Good. Exactly. Other power effects, there are buffs, which I mentioned in the second episode, or first episode with the glossary. (laughs) So that's something that helps you and your buddies. There are debuffs, which is something that that reduces the... Well, it could be the recovery, the regeneration. It could be their ability to um, not... Well, by debuffing them, they would take more damage on your attacks. You mm-hmm. would lower their accuracy of their attacks on right. you. Their there are many different types of debuffs you can There's use that have different effects. There's a lot of tasty effects. ones out there. Uh, of course, many, many powers simply do direct damage. Mm-hmm. And there are, actually there are two types of damage. There's direct damage, which they get the entire force of the attack. And then there's damage over time, mm-hmm. which is something that slowly ticks away for a certain duration. And people in game typically refer to that as a dot, a D-O-T. Mm-hmm. 
So when they say dot, that means damage over time. Mm-hmm. Sun powers are endurance draining, so they will drain the endurance of the bad guys. Some of those will actually drain it from them and give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. There are holds, which, of course, is the specialist of the controller. As I said uh, in one of the glossary sections, there are many different types of holds. There are snares that slow them down. There are actual holds that that hold them, but they're still able to perform powers. Mm-hmm. There are complete immobilization, which they're stuck, they can't do anything. Uh, stuns, which they cannot do anything at all because they're completely stunned. And then the mez or sleep, which is similar to a stun, only it can be broken. And deceive, which illusion controllers oh. get, which actually will turn. Um, this has been a really nice thing for us in our experience. You not only prevent them from attacking you, you get these little purple bubbles around mm-hmm. them, which means that they're deceived or confused, I think is what right. the mind controllers call mm-hmm. it. Um, and while they have those purple bubbles, they will attack their own mob. Mm-hmm. They will no longer attack you, and their powers will be used against their mob. And if you are, for instance, taking on um, a Sioux mm-hmm. faction, the, the Sioux faction, if you deceive the sorcerer, he actually starts healing you and buffing mm-hmm. you and attacking right. and debuffing um, his group. So that is a really powerful power that I didn't understand mm-hmm. right after I got it. So. And then like later on, the Sky Raiders have their force field generators, mm-hmm. and when you deceive or confuse a force field generator it actually protects you instead of them right you're in a bubble it's Mm -hmm. fantastic and i've actually been able to get two different um force field generators so we're double bubbled (laughs) (laughs) and it's like don't take it down yet we're still fighting save it for last (laughs) it's great though and the last two power types are taunts which tinkers and scrappers and a few others use which basically increases the aggression of the bad guys towards whoever is performing the taunt and our lovely heels. Mm-hmm. Tasty heels. <laughs> now, all powers contain a certain number of aspects. All powers take a certain amount of endurance. Mm-hmm. There are some that are set to zero, some of the inherits and some of the bonuses. But right. by and large, most of them will, con- will con- consume a certain amount of endurance. Right. And some of those are during the actual activation time. Some of them are, if they're toggles, they're continuously draining. There are certain powers where you cast it once, and depending on the number of bad guys that it affects, right. that determines how much endurance mm-hmm. it takes away from you. Right. All powers have an activation time, and the activation time is the time from the moment you click it to the time it actually does something. This is slightly different than an interrupt time. An interrupt time, generally associated with snipes mm-hmm. or devices, a lot of devices have certain interrupt times. And medicine pool. In the medicine pool. Mm-hmm. You can actually be interrupted by the bad guy if they attack you or debuff you or mm-hmm. hold you. It They'll, just stops the power cord right. and you're stuck and you have to refire it. So some powers from the time you click it might take a little while before it activates. However, it's still always going to activate. It can't be interrupted. Right. Some have long interrupt times. They can be interrupted. And then there's animation time. And animation time is kind of an artificial delay in between power. Every power has a cooldown time, which means you cannot perform the power for a certain amount of time after you do it the first time. Now, some have a really... Uh, or the, In other games, it's called a cooldown. City Heroes is called a recharge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some have a really short cooldown or recharge, and some have a really long, where you, some of them are you know, five minutes. Well, and some of the accolades are 30 minutes. Right. Um, now, in animation, um, something like flurry, you hit it, and your character performs a flurry of punches, which right. is essentially a dot. And even though the damage has stopped ticking away, your arms are still flailing, right. and you can't do anything until they're done. Um, it's another annoyance with a lot of the melee weapons, a lot right. of the swords. Well, Dark Melee has it, too. Mm-hmm. So they have really long animation times, and it, it affects how quickly you can attack, even though it's not a true cooldown. Right. Now, there are a couple aspects to powers that I mentioned up front that are uh, inherent. And one of the biggies is the Blaster Defiance. Blaster Defiance can be pretty confusing <laughs> from the start, because if you play any other archetype... You're used to seeing endurance and health, right. and then you roll a blaster, and all of a sudden there's another bar sitting there. Right. And sometimes it moves, and sometimes it doesn't move, and, right. and it's hard to tell exactly what that's all about. <laughs> Essentially what Defiance is, it was added in issue 5, 
And as a blaster's health drops, he starts to get an increase in the their Power damage output, output mm-hmm. and in their accuracy. So it's kind of as you take more and more and more damage, you're able to hit harder and you're able to hit more accurately. In some instances, it can really get you out of a tight jam. Now, a lot of blasters perfect the art of riding the wave of defiance. And that's basically finding the balance of how much health you have versus how much of a bonus you're getting. So basically, um, you start seeing benefits when your health is down about 75%. You get about a 3% bonus to damage and a very slight bonus in your accuracy. When you get down to 50%, you're getting this almost 18% damage bonus and almost 1% accuracy bonus. When you get all the way down to 20%, it's 141% of your damage output, 7% accuracy. And then 10% is 283% bonus damage, 14% accuracy bonus, until finally you get to 1% health, a whopping 528% bonus damage, and to hit bonus of 26%. Well, let's be clear on something. When you say health percentage, you don't mean of the bad guy you're attacking. Your personal health is ticking down. You're taking damage. You're not being healed or popping inspirations. And as your own health drops down, Mm -hmm. the output of your damage and your increase Mm -hmm. in accuracy. So as you'll see, as you're taking damage, you'll see that defiance bar start filling filling up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so some people will get their health down to 20% or maybe 15%. And they discourage the healers from healing them too much because they want to ride right there so they can do the maximum amount of damage. I can say that in my year and a half of reading the forums, I've read a lot of threads on healers because I wanted Mm -hmm. to be well-informed. And while in the forums you always heard, Stupid healers always healing. They don't let right. us blasters do our thing. And and I can tell you in game, I've teamed with hundreds of people on my various healers. I have never had a blaster say anything to me other than heal. Right. You know, and there's nothing, by the way, <laughs> let me give you this little bit of information, folks. If you have a healer on your team and you have a lot going on, Assume that the healer is going to heal you. If, mm-hmm. if a, Every time somebody goes and barks at me, heal, please. It's like, what did you think I was doing? Right. <laughs> you can really offend a healer <laughs> that way. Because speaking for this healer and for Chooch, when he's on his healer, we are working nonstop. If we're not healing, we're buffing. If we're not buffing, we're debuffing the foes. And if we're not doing any of those things, then we're attacking and making sure everybody has you know mm-hmm. what they need. So that's just a little, you know. <laughs> courtesy lesson from Viv here. <laughs> but I've never had a blaster in-game actually say, don't heal me as much. I've right. never come across a blaster in-game that wanted to ride that defiance. So for all the talk in the forums, I've never met those people, mm-hmm. even though you know I've tried to find that balance for you on right. your blaster when we were leveling up. We never could find a number that we were comfortable with where it was, okay, this is great damage, you know, right. woohoo, you know, that's great, but one hit and you're down. Yeah, so yeah, 300% damage is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. However, you take that one hit, you're down, now you're doing 0% damage. That's right. And I would much rather stay up with my 100% regular damage yeah. <laughs> and be well healed. Absolutely. Than get that little short-lived 300 or 500%. And that was our play style. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are really happy to ride Defiance. And I mean, if I were to ever witness that, I think I'd be quite impressed. But I do know that I get recruited for um, the, quote, farm teams Mm -hmm. in Peregrine Island. And all I'm doing is healing a blaster. Mm -hmm. And they don't seem to care about Defiance. They want to get through really quickly. And even though their damage would be higher if they were riding that Defiance (laughs) wave, that's not what they want. They want to be healed and move on to the next mob. So. So I think Defiance is the most significant inherent power, Mm -hmm. but most archetypes do have their own inherent powers. For instance, the Defender has Vigilance, which... Yeah, it's an endurance discount, and um, that gets activated as teammates are in danger of being defeated. And can also act, they can also activate their powers at a reduced cost. Mm-hmm. A really significant one, I think, though, is the Scrappers with their critical hit ability. Yeah, when scrappers score a critical hit, 
they actually do double damage mm-hmm. to the target. And the higher the rank of the target, the greater the chance for a successful critical hit. Mm-hmm. The tanker inherent power is the gauntlet. Each time a tanker attacks, he enrages the target and those around him, enticing them to attack the tanker. So the effect is the taunting effect. Controllers have containment, which is similar to a scrapper crit, where it does double damage. However, it's whenever the target is already under a any kind of hold. It's extra damage, not double damage, although that's splitting hairs. Yeah, well, whenever I'm on a controller and when I hold somebody, it shows two numbers for each attack, mm-hmm. and it's always a duplicate. Nice. So, I hadn't noticed that. I don't know if it's officially supposed to be double, but... We likey. That sure always <laughs> looks like double to me. So my controllers, generally, I'll do a a weaker hold that'll just put them in that mode and then a higher damage attack so I get that bonus. Right. And that's I think that's pretty much it for City of Heroes. Right. The, other than the Keldians, which is a whole nother conversation Keldians, for another day. Keldians are gonna be their own topic for an entire show because there are so many nuances about right. playing a Keldian. They have so many powers going on and Keldian will save for another day. It's it's a very complicated, difficult build to really kind of spec out. And so that it didn't he Chooch decided not to cover that here. It's just a whole episode on its own. Mm-hmm. But that is um that's pretty much it for City of Heroes side then. There are different inherent powers and of course a myriad of attacks on the City of Elm side, but that's not where we usually play. So yeah. we'll leave that for yeah. someone else to discuss. But, so every every villain archetype does have a similar inherent powers. I'm gonna go through this pretty quick. Um, the, our final section here is temporary powers in the game. There are a lot yeah. of temporary powers in the game. And there's a lot of ways to get temporary powers in the mm-hmm. game. Um, and it's, it's one of the great things that really keeps it exciting so that you're not always stuck doing the same thing with your same archetype through your entire career as a hero. Right. You get to try out a lot of things, and uh, like we said before, a lot of these are actually turned into veteran awards later on. So the different types of temporary powers you get are the mission helper, where it's a certain device that you really either need or that will really help you complete a mission. So one of these would be in the in the Synapse Task Force. Against the Clockwork you King, get, right? Yeah, you get this EMP pulse mm-hmm. that's kind of like a hold, temporary hold. Right. I think there were three temporary powers that you got over the last three missions, but exactly. And um, so that would be considered a a mission helper. And then there are mission rewards, which is when you complete a mission, it's something that you get to keep for a while. Like the Nemesis Staff. Nemesis Staff, the best temp power in the game, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And these, since they are all temporary... There's two main ways that, or I'm sorry, there's three main ways that they get, uh, that they go away. One is in-game time. Mm-hmm. So something like a Raptor pack has two hours of use. So while you're in flight, right. you're ticking away at your two hours. But now if you just use it to hop on top of a building and then immediately turn it off, you only used a few seconds. Right. Um, Which is, by the way, a great way to delay having to use your your coveted slots. Mm-hmm. Your enhanced um, power selections, you can delay getting your travel powers if you get them. Mm-hmm. But you've already learned that. You guys already know that, so I didn't <laughs> even have to say it. The other way is there are many real-time powers. Mm-hmm. For instance, the Halloween costume items that we just had from the Halloween event. Right. So if you got that coveted Carney costume. <gasps> the Carney costume. Well, you don't have it anymore now, do you? I never got it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I never got it. That was oh, the only no. one I wanted. I didn't even care that much about the badges. It's I like wanted the, the Carney costume. Third one I got. It was the third. Everybody and everybody <laughs> on our team got, got it for me, but I'm not going to hold a grudge because it expired. <laughs> so those are actually real time limited, right? Whether you're playing the game or not, They're it's gone. it's ticking away and it's going to go away, right? Some have limited uses, which are generally a certain number of uses. Mm-hmm. So something like the Warwolf Whistle that mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, you can use it five times. Right. Pretty much all of the, probably every single one of the summoning temp powers have a limited number of uses. They're yeah, generally not time-restricted. For the first time use, not mm-hmm. talking about the Echoes and all that stuff right. in I-11, but like Amy's Wand, the Shivens, even mm-hmm. the Clockwork Wine, what are those? Clockwork gears. What are the ones that you get? Yeah, the gears. 
Yeah. All those seem to be five use. Mm-hmm. And not repeatable until now with the I-11 right. Ouroboros And some, regrettably, are single-use yes. temp powers. Like the rocks we got last Halloween. <laughs> and we, they gave them this oh, year, Oh, that's too. right. You gave them this year. I so got rocks. I still kept my rocks from last year's trick-or-treating, and I got another one this, this time. Yeah. I've never used my rocks because <laughs> I just don't want to be able to have them and see them. And some of the temporary powers are repeatable rewards. Most of these come from the PvP areas. Right. And probably the most used would be the Shivan Shard from Bloody Bay. Right. Which is a reward for doing a relatively fast mission, mm-hmm. depending on how many bad guys are out and about. Yeah. And it gives you the ability to summon five Shivans. Well, five uses of a one Shivan summon. Right. You can't summon all five at once. Yeah. Summon them one at a time. That's a very good distinction. Why, thank you. <laughs> and Shivans are just these incredible radiation beasts that, that debuff the heck out of bad guys and, and do a decent amount of damage. And even though you can only summon one at a time, everybody on the team can summon one simultaneously. Yep. So, so you if you have an eight-person team. team, you've got 16 people, 16 people fighting for you. And if you got a controller with a pet... I know, well, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started on my controller with my spectral terror, my phantasm, my phantom yeah. army. So some of the rewards from the other PvP areas. Um, also in Bloody Bay, you can get uh, hyper stealth. Mm-hmm. You can let's see, sirens. Is, is that repeatable? Mm-hmm. Mm, we'll have to find that out. Yeah, I don't know if it is repeatable. We'll have to look. But it's temp. It's definitely temp. <laughs> Siren's Call has combat invisibility, the Raptor Pack, a web grenade, many different armors and specialty grenades for different damage types. The biggest thing in Warburg is a nuclear blast, which calls down an assault. Nice big AoE attack on everything. That one's on my to-do list. (laughs) In Recluse Victory, there's many different types of summons. Uh, You can summon the Longbow Mech and Arachnos Mini Blaster. In the Rickety War Zone, you can get things like debt protection, a summon of a Vanguard Heavy Power Core, or a Psy Bomb. Now, aren't most of... Which of... I guess we'll have to look and see which of those, because I know the Shivan Shard you can use anywhere in the game. You can mm-hmm. use it in the PvE or the PvP. Mm. But, like, um, I thought things like the summoning of the Longbow Mech, you could only do... you Like, you summon it, but you can only summon it while you're in that zone. You can't take that Rick out. War zone. Right. So, um... Or the Recluse Victory. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. So we'll yeah, have, have to, to check on that. we'll have to look more in depth at that. If folks are interested, we can get a better list of those things. These are temp powers that are available, but as far as exactly what they do, this was more of a quick list hit and mm-hmm. that I'm slowing Chooch down. And on. there's a lot of them <laughs> that I didn't mention. I just wanted to highlight of some of the things that are available. Right. So another type of temp power are invention temp powers. They came with the new invention system. Um, like any other invention, you get a recipe, you have certain pieces of salvage, and you create the item and you use it. Among some of those temp powers are the St. Louis Slammer, Gabriel's Hammer, a revolver, and Ethereal Shift, which makes you intangible. Similar to these invention temp powers are the empowerment buffs. Empowerment buffs were actually available before the invention system. Right. It was part of the base system mm-hmm. and uses standard base salvage and you use a you have to place an item in your base called an empowerment station these are two different types either tech or arcane based on which which empowerment station is in your base and uses those types of, of salvage depending on their type and when you create them they are a temporary buff that lasts for one hour of in-game time I'm not or sure. Or real time. I, I want to say it's real time, but I, I never it's really time. it. I think it's real time. And um, so it's only available for an hour, and you lose it when you get knocked out. If you go to the hospital, go to a base, which I found out on the statements task force. Me too, because <laughs> I loaded up on all kinds of those empowerments. <laughs> and they become active on your character the moment you build them. Right. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to be doing a task force in two hours. Let me go build my empowerments right. now. You really have to be saying... Okay, we just started the task force. Let me run in and mm-hmm. do it. So there are three tiers of empowerment stations. 
um, tier one, tier two, tier three, the higher the tier actually adds additional types of buffs you can create. And each higher tier can create everything in the lower tiers. So you don't have to keep all three around. You can just have a tier three and that covers everything. So among the empowerment buffs, there are various resistances to pretty much everything in the game. Confuse, fire, ice, sleep, smashing, lethal damage, um, many, many more. There are many travel power increases, so increased speed, increased uh, flight speed, increased jump. And there are things like increased perception, uh, faster attack speed, increased recovery, um, endurance regen, that kind of thing. So there, All kinds of good stuff. There's many, 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 many. Just go in your base. If you don't have one, add one. And just play around and see. And it, by the way, it doesn't use, I don't know if you just said this, it does not use invention salvage. Right. It uses the regular old salvage that's been knocking around in the game since, mm-hmm. you know, for a year and a half since we started. Right, standard basis. So that is a power overview mm-hmm. of, of what powers are, what they can do. And just really hope that you enjoy getting out there and using our information and learning your own information and teaching us a thing or two. And as always, if you have any information or questions or comments or anything like mm-hmm. that, just shoot us a message at... Podcast at gmail.com. If we missed a power, if, if if I said something incorrect, or if there's something you want to expand it on in the future. We'd love to hear from you. So that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I believe next week we're going to go over enhancements. Uh, that can be very confusing. What's a T.O.? What's a D.O.? We'll break it down. What's an H.O.? <laughs> Family-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What are you thinking? I don't know. And we'll go over a new faction, which will be determined later. later. Whatever strikes our fancy. podcast and the oxfoot.com website are not in any way affiliated with ncsoft cryptic studios or city of heroes all views expressed are solely of the host and his guests this podcast is released under a creative commons attribution non-commercial share alike license which is explained in detail at oxfoot.com good hunting heroes